Hi everyone, um, welcome to the Perma Podcast. I'm James Prescott, I'm your host, and uh, welcome to the show. I'm delighted to welcome a new guest today, um, uh, someone I've got to know recently um, via Twitter, um, an editor, a writer, um, her name is Jess Lawrence. Welcome to the show. Yes, it's really good to uh, to have you on. Um, so we're going to talk a bit about. So you do a bit. So you're you're kind of professional editor and that kind. Of, that's that's what you do. Yeah, tell us a bit about yeah. what you do. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm um, a copy editor mostly uh, for fiction work. I've been doing that for about a year now, and I I tend to work with independent authors, um, but I've got a couple of authors who are pursuing the traditional publishing route as well. So that's mostly what I do. Excellent, and, you're, and obviously you're working. You've written quite a few, quite a few books as well. Although some of them, I think some of them are unpublished, aren't they? Yes, that's right. Yeah, um, so they're all unpublished at the moment. I have one out um, in the query trenches, which is quite <laughs> terrifying, but um, a really fun experience, and obviously a really important part of being a writer and part of the journey you go on. So that that's going on at the moment, and I have another one in progress while that's happening just to keep me distracted so I don't lose my mind <laughs> <laughs> yes I know what you mean <laughs> um, so tell us a bit about your writing journey and like you know kind of where it all began and how you got to where you are Ooh, um, I've been writing for as long as I can remember really um, I think the earliest memory I have of writing was probably when I was about 14 or 15 when I finished my first novel and I remember finishing it the day before my birthday, and I remember it was close to midnight, and I was so excited about it that it was going to start my birthday, and I just finished the novel. Um, so yeah, I must have been about 13 or 14 around that time. Um, and then it just sort of grew from there. I obviously really enjoyed it, and then that turned into a trilogy, um, and then put that aside, went on to write this other book now, but that's querying, which is... It has a sequel, but I decided not to focus on that while it's querying, just in case it doesn't take off. Um, and yeah, and then I've got my other one, so I don't really know how it all started. I guess I've always been a reader, and when I was really young, my mom always read to me when I was a kid as well, so I always had stories in my life, and it's just always been a massive part of me, um, and I just always wanted to tell my own stories. So. Yeah, yeah, that's so great. Um, it- yeah, it's it's really interesting, like how people get into writing because, yeah, for me it was kind of English was always my thing at school. I was always writing at school. I always got top, top marks at my English, and it came really easily to me. Uh, and I had letters published in magazines as a teenager, and um, but I didn't really think about being a writer, like writing books or anything like that. I didn't really think I could do that. Um, I kind of didn't even think about writing properly at all until I was in my 20s when people kept telling me that I should <laughs> that I could write and I should yeah. I should pursue it and that's when I started blogging that back when blogging was a really big thing um like 15 years ago I think it was now 15 16 years ago and yeah so it's like it kind of I don't think there's kind of a what I find with most writers is there's not like a point where you kind of sit down and think right I want to be a writer yeah. It just kind of happens, like writing is in you, like you say. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Yeah, I don't think there's a point where you're like, yeah, this is this is it. There might be a point where you think, oh, actually, I can do this. Um, that I think is like a tipping point, maybe, or like, oh, I can actually make a career out of this even, and not just a hobby. But yeah, I'm not sure if there's a moment where 
It is. It is. I think that's the nature of creativity, isn't it? I think mm. it's yeah, kind of, it's quite evolutionary. Yeah, I mean, humans, we're, we always tell stories anyway, even in our everyday life. Every conversation is a story. Um, I think it's just a matter of whether you can make that interesting enough and put it on the page and make people want to hear it and read about it. Yeah, yeah and fiction writing is amazing. I've never written fiction. Mm. Um, I'm always in awe of fiction writers where just the imagination, there's so many ideas, you know, that... <laughs> Um, all these different stories um, they just come from somewhere and they're all different and all unique um, and you did that at 15 as well that's really impressive <laughs> yeah yeah. I mean and if I look back on the quality of that story now though it's probably um, not the best but that's what that's the choice is, isn't it that's why you go on and edit and it could probably become something better but it's definitely um, not a strong story and yeah, and how many, how much of the stories of you that you that you've written and that you write now, how much are they consciously, or even un- subconsciously, kind of informed by your own story and your own experiences? Mm. I think the last story I wrote, the last novel, the one that I'm querying, is probably my biggest self-insert um, with my main character. She's probably a lot like me in terms of temperament and personality. Um, I think she deals with some of the same issues I feel like I dealt with uh, when I was her age as well, which was, was about 10 years or so ago. Um, some of the sort of like family drama that she has, difficulty with parents, things like that, it, that comes through a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. Probably my way of <laughs> getting through those kind of issues. That definitely comes through quite a bit in that story. And it, it probably is actually, the more I think about it, the one I have put most of myself into, which is probably not the one I should query because it probably means it's the most fragile one to me, but I don't know, you've got to do that, you've got to take the loose at some point. Yeah, absolutely, I agree, yeah. And I think actually the stories that are the most true are the ones which resonate, mm. I think, with people. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's really interesting that, yeah, how much of you has gone into that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's interesting, when I, I'm not quite sure how consciously I did it either, though. It's, it's one of those things that when I was reading back on the draft and doing the edits of it, I realised just how much I'd put in and just how much this character was like me, and I, I think it's something I didn't even mean to do, and it must have been some form of relief to, to put those, those kind of the issues that were in my head at the time. I must have just you know, given them to this character as my way of dealing with them, and it wasn't something I realised until the edit stage. Okay. Yeah, I mean, did you find the process kind of cathartic or therapeutic? Yeah, I really do. That I tend not to find a lot of writing cathartic if it's a particularly raw issue. I, I generally can't write when I'm really emotional or upset, but the way it works for me is that once I've just put my emotions aside, I put them into my writing after and once I've made sense of it. And like I said, sometimes it's not even that conscious, but there is a sort of piece after it where you think, actually, yeah it really helps me to write that piece and to maybe explore the issue in somebody who's not myself you know by a, a character yeah yeah that's right I mean that must be the that's the exciting part I think of fiction writing the part that always grabs me I've interviewed other other fiction authors for my show and one of the things that I'm always interested in is 
is how characters, when you create characters, that they seem to take on a life of their own and almost <laughs> their stories kind of tell themselves. You don't. It's almost like once you create the character, they kind of you don't have a choice of where their story goes anymore. Do you, have you yeah. found that to be the case? Yeah, very much so. Very, very much so. Um, most of my characters have been like that. I almost feel like it's their story and I'm there telling me what to write. And I don't, I don't know, it's almost like I don't feel like I have much control over it. I just let them do their thing and tell the story they want to, to tell. Very much so. Especially in the one I'm writing at the moment, the characters are just telling their own story and I'm, I'm surprised as I write it. <laughs> I didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't know that was your backstory, but apparently it is. That's incredible. That really is incredible. I, yeah, uh, that's a big mystery. I'm never going <laughs> to quite figure that out. But it's it's um, it's a really yeah, it's a really interesting like process. Um, and do you actually like? I mean, like, do you enjoy the work of writing? Like, yeah, I do. Um, I think I have my days where it's a slog and. I might go for a, a period of days or a couple of weeks where I just the words just won't come. And I'm really not a fan of the advice that you have to write every day. It's not something I really like to respond to because it just doesn't work for me. And I, I don't really like the guilt that comes with that if you can't write every day because, of, you know, life happens. But when I can write and you get into the flow of it, oh, I could write for hours to the point where I forget to eat and things like that, which I know is not a good thing. But when you hit that moment that you enter that flow, it's... Well, I love it. There's no feeling quite like that, and it's just the best. And I, you can see the word can't grow, and it's perfect. Yeah, I absolutely resonate with that. I remember I once started writing a chapter of my first book, and I just wrote and wrote and wrote, and I was looking at the screen, and I wasn't even looking at the keyboard anymore. <laughs> it was just stuff was coming out, and I didn't. I lost track of time completely, and I'm like, like I forgot to eat, like you say. <laughs> like, and then I when I finished the chapter, I looked at my watch, and it had been like I think three or four hours. Like I hadn't even stopped. <laughs> I literally hadn't even picked up my drink to have a sip of my drink. I'd just been writing for like three or four hours solid, and it was like, whoa, where did that come from? You know, it's such uh, an intense feeling. There's somebody. Um He's called uh, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, and he describes this idea of flow, creative flow, and he actually explains about how um, in the creative arts, the creative industry, this is the sort of mindset that you went into, and they say, like, you can have artists who don't even have control of their hands anymore because they enter this sort of zone, um, and he talks a lot about this. It's such an interesting topic to get into. He's fascinating. Yeah. But yeah, he, he talks about this idea of flow. It's really incredible. It is. It's kind of like you almost go into a different dimension of reality almost. You're just kind of... And it is... And only people who... Only writers will actually understand this because it's... Because, yeah, when you go into that kind of... I mean, artists, I suspect, will understand it as well, like anyone who creates anything. But when you go into that that, that kind of flow, it's just um, like a whole energy surrounds you and you're just... You're just going and you yeah. kind of... Everything else just drops away. Um, I've had I've had that with podcasts as well. Um, mm -hmm. We just started talking and lost track of time, um, or when I've been doing a talk or something, and again, just like it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, it's an incredible feeling, actually. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, so what I mean, what 
I mean, like, my, one of the biggest challenges writers face is resistance. You know, writer's block. Um, when have been the times that you've experienced that? And I mean, how did you get through it? Mostly it's when my own mental health isn't very good. If I'm in a really bad headspace, um, like I said before, I, re- I can't write when I when I don't have the right mental attitude for it. The words just don't calm, or if they do, I know I'm not going to like them the next day. So it's, it feels like a wasted effort. Those are normally when I've had the toughest times. Um, and for me, mostly that was when I was when I was doing a job. My full time job was to do was working for different companies. And I would sort of get burnout. I would work too much in my that job to, to come home and then try and be creative after that was just too much and I couldn't I just couldn't do it. Um, and mostly to get through that I just had to you know, sometimes I think you have to push yourself and just try to get the words out. But for me, the biggest thing that's always got me through that kind of thing is just taking a walk. I um I've got some really lovely parks around where I live and just doing a lap of those parks just seems to it just gets the ideas flowing and really, really stimulates creativity. That's been my number one cure for right this block. Just getting out in the fresh air and not really trying to pursue the ideas, just letting them come back in when they're ready. Mm. Yeah, I, that, that works for me as well, going for mm. walks. Yeah. I, I read some science that, that, or someone told me that this, that when you go for a walk, um, use a different part of your brain to the part that you use when you're writing or whatever or creating things so what happens is all the all the ideas in that part of the brain can now get get, kind of get marinated and kind of filtered out and then then they get they turn into ideas and that's why you get ideas when you go for a walk it's using a different part of your brain when you go for a walk so then you come back and like oh i've got yeah that makes sense oh that makes sense yeah like yeah i've had so many ideas when i go for walks yeah it's um, it's really interesting actually. Just how many ideas you get yeah. just by going out, walking for about half an hour, and coming back. It's um, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, what's the what? This is interesting because you're an editor, right? Aren't you? You're a professional <laughs> editor. I've always I've always been curious about this. What is the kind of most annoying thing? When you when you when you get a, when you get a, um, a draft to read, like what's the most common, annoying mm. kind of thing that you see with writers <laughs> outside of typos? Obviously, because everyone makes typos. Yeah. But but yeah, uh, I'm just I've always been curious. because I obviously I'm not I'm not I'm 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 a writer I'm not an editor so that's not my kind of I don't I don't see those kind of things so I yeah I mean the things that always annoy me are just elementary grammar kind of you know your and your that kind of thing 
Which reminds me yeah. of the ball, that one. <laughs> yeah, you've got to remember that. A lot of, a lot of hummus things that you can do there. And, yeah, to be honest, one of the things I see a lot, and I think a lot of writers worry about this, is it's a funny one, really. A lot of writers are scared to use the semicolon because a lot of people know how to use it. And yet I see more incorrectly hummus slices than I do incorrectly semicolons. So I just think writers need to have more confidence to use the semicolon because I'm a slightly stressing that. And every time I see them, I just think, no, no, I have the confidence to use the semicolon here. Yeah. Like my grammar pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have my little bad habits with that. I often begin sentences with and. Mm. That's one of my little bad habits that I have. <laughs> um, and the word that. That. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I try and avoid using that word um, yeah. in my writing. I was actually quite proud. I'm writing a book right now, and I I wrote the first chapter, and I knew that I hadn't used that word once in, like, <laughs> five, 6,000 words. And I was like, I was so proud of it that I, talked, like, I put a post on Twitter saying that I hadn't <laughs> used the word that in my entire chapter. <laughs> like, I was so proud of myself for not using that word, um, which I've used favorite things about reading um, a client's piece of work, a client's manuscript, is that we all have words like that. We all have words that we overuse. In my writing, it's um, so and just. I use them all the time. But one of my favorite things is when I read a client's manuscript, you can always tell what somebody's word is. You're like, oh, yours is this one, or yours is this one. It's different for every writer, but every now and then you'll just be like, yeah, I found your word. And then it, when you tell them, you're like, you can watch out for this one in the future because it's going to be in all their manuscripts. Because we all have one or two words that we just, for some reason... Yeah, I think I know my words. I think I use basically, essentially, <laughs> like that kind of thing. I use those words quite a lot. Um, I have to sometimes go back and look at my draft and like, oh, I've used that word like way too often. <laughs> I remember my first book when my editor showed it to me and like pointed these some of these things out and I was like, oh my god, so <laughs> this is so the, bad. Yeah, you can do a find function that highlights how many times you've used the word. That's really quite horrifying when you see 197 usages of the word just in a very short extract. Oh yeah, just. Uh, I try not to use that as well. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like part of it is, I, and I kind of go back and correct myself and look at the words that I've that aren't necessary even mm. you know um but as a writer who's like not doing the editing one of the hardest things is t taking out a chunk of the book that you put a lot of effort into and then like i so say you don't need any of that yeah. and it's like a few thousand words and it's like oh, but, I, but I, I put my emotions into that <laughs> like everything into that and you want to just take it out like yeah. have you ever had to do that for somebody like yeah it's the hardest feedback to give because Going in as an editor who's also a writer, I, I know how precious we are about those kind of paragraphs. So when I see a section that I just think this just isn't necessary, or even worse, is when I feel like a whole character doesn't add enough to a story. And having to suggest that kind of feedback, it's, it's where you have to be the most tactical and careful about how you present feedback, because I know it can come across with a real thing, even though that's not what we want to do when we, we give this kind of feedback. But, yeah, that's really tricky. I do see it quite a bit. Mm, I've heard. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've heard that in movie scripts sometimes what they do is they, in the editing process, they amalgamate 
a few characters into one character. Yeah. Which, because too many characters is obviously, especially in a movie, mm-hmm. is you know makes it makes it more noisy and crowded. Um, that's the fiction. That's the fiction work I've always been interested in is is scripts. Yeah. I think if I wrote anything anything of fiction, it would be a movie script because I I'm fascinated by. I've always been interested in storytelling in movies and how they do it. And yeah. when I watch a movie, that's always what I look for and the kind of character arcs and all that kind of thing. I'm really fascinated by that. So I've always been interested in, in that. And it's a different it's a different thing from writing a novel as well. Yeah, yeah, it is. When I was at university, we had a couple of different um, perspectives. We had prose, novel writing, things like that. And then dramatic writing was another aspect of it. Um, so we wrote plays for that aspect, and it was, you're right, it's a completely different kind of genre, but it, I loved that genre, it was so much fun, and it takes a lot of different techniques to write a script than it does to write um, a novel, but I think that's probably why I love dialogue so much, because scripts are basically all dialogue with just some, um, some you know, description added around it, but it, it's so much fun, and telling a story that needs to come across visually as well as just in the written word is yeah, it's a lot of fun. A real talent, but a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And and one of the things I love about movies is that one of the, the some of the best movies are when they don't. There's no dialogue, but you don't need it, and you mm. can it's just like a picture tells a thousand words. Like one of my favourite movies is Lost in Translation, and there's so much in that movie that is just not spoken. Yeah, it's just it's just it's just implied. You just know what's going on without it. It's really well. That's that, I mean, that's the sign of a good movie when you don't even need words to tell the story. Yeah. Um, exactly. yeah, it's a good yeah. Um, so, like, what are the biggest lessons that you've learned as a as a writer and an editor? What are the biggest lessons you've learned about creativity and the creative process? Ooh, um, <laughs> I think one of the toughest lessons I think that I learned recently in terms of submitting the book that's now sent out for query is trying to learn when you're done. Um, because I went through the, the version of the manuscript that I sent off to agents is actually version 17, I think. And each different version of that is where I've made some kind of substantial change. So that is you know, quite significant, which is probably about 10 more versions that I really ought to have gone through. But I was being so precious about it and I had to reach a point where I was just saying, this is it now, this is this is as done as it needs to be in order to send it out because you can keep editing and keep doing redrafts and redrafts for as long as you want, but there's got to be a point where you just stop and, and put an end to it and just say, right, this is ready, this is as good as it's going to be. And then if you're going to be traditionally published, hopefully then you will go through more editing stages with professional editors and things like that. But you do have to reach a personal point when you're writing just to say, yeah, this is, this is where I need to end it now because otherwise you'll just go on and on. And it's one of the toughest lessons to learn because you can read through your manuscripts and each time you'll find a tiny mistake or you'll think you can change something, but it's an ongoing process and there's got to be a point where you just say, nope, that's it. This is always now. Yeah. So it's a tough one. I agree completely. I've, I've, I've coached writers before and one of the things I always say to people when I'm coaching them is, you know, there's there's a point where you just have to let it go. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, you know, just... <clears throat> like, there's no final draft. 
you can yeah. keep you know, like there'll be no final draft you'll probably change it after it gets published you know some people do that some people make changes okay. to the book after it's published um you just, at some point you've just got to it's almost like a like a child at some point you've got to let them out into the world and let them let them let it live you know <laughs> uh, let it be and let and it's like i think elizabeth gilbert said that once once you let it out into the world it's not it's not yours anymore it's it kind of belongs to the the world i remember she talked about her her book eat pray love and which was a bestseller and then she signed she remembers she, she tells the story of when she signed the contract for it to be a movie and she was like oh right okay now it's not mine anymore i just let it go it's gone like this isn't mine to control anymore you know? and it was really she, she found it quite cathartic actually just to let it go yeah. and be what it was going to be because it always had a life of its own like like the characters that you're talking about they kind of it's weird because our words take on a life of their own mm, absolutely I think what you say about it being like having children I think as writers we tend to think of our manuscripts like that they are we spend so much time pouring our hearts into them and they become so much a part of us some of us spend years writing them that to actually reach a point where you have to let it go is, it really is I suppose like having a child and letting that into the world it's a really big moment and it's hard and I appreciate how hard that is but you've You've got to trust yourself that you've done enough for it to go out and stand on its own and face the world, really. It's tough, but it's part of being a writer. It is. Yeah, I mean, it's part of being of doing anything creative because mm. like, you put so much of yourself into these things. Like, anything that, like, you know, any kind of art that you invest a lot of time in and you put a lot of yourself into, it's like putting a part of yourself out into the world. Um mm-hmm. And there may even be a sense of grieving of, of that when you have to do that. That's a good point, yeah. There is a sort of loss, like you say, if you can't change it anymore, there is that sort of emptiness that you have to fill, which is no good why we keep going on and writing more books just to fill that, to fill that hole. Yeah. Yeah. I know certainly writing a memoir, it's like, it's a, <laughs> it's, it's an emotional journey. Like, it's... <laughs> Like it, it really is putting a lot of yourself on the page, and when you, I know when you write non-fiction that, that and you're writing about yourself, especially, yeah, you discover things about yourself that you that you didn't know, <laughs> like areas that you hadn't grieved or wounds that you didn't know you had, or like areas of growth that you didn't know you had either. And um, I mean, is that is that the case with fiction as well? I think so. Yeah. I mean, like we were saying about. The amount we put into our own work, and like I said, when I was reading this, the the whiff that's currently being queried, and I realised how much of myself I put into this main character, it kind of it really made me reflect on some of the issues I issues I've given to her, and made me think about how I've actually dealt with them myself now, and whether I'm still feeling that sort of um, anger or grief that I had around those issues. It really was a lot of self-reflection for me, and thinking about where I've come to in terms of those personal issues. Um, it was, yeah, it was really quite a strange moment, I think, seeing that and evaluating my own mental health at that point and the issues I'd dealt with mm. and the ones I hadn't dealt with and whether I was re- ready to after having finished that book. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's interesting with because I've had mental health 
issues as well. Um, and gone through trauma and things. And I know that when you when you write about it, or even in even in a fictional sense, it's it is it's quite a traumatic experience in a way because you're you're you know you're getting in touch with that stuff inside of you and mm-hmm. and if you're yeah. putting it into the world then other people are going to see it yeah. um and that's a and scary thing to do on it and those opinions might not be too pleasant and so you have to be ready to deal with that that people aren't going to agree with you or they're not going to understand where that where those issues are coming from personally mm. And that's what you have to build yourself up for and, and be ready to face. I don't think it's an easy process at all. But like you say, that's part of being your book out there and, and accepting that it's going to face opinions and people are going to leave reviews and things like that. So. Yeah, that's right. And of course, it's always the negative ones that you see, isn't it? It's always the negative ones that I say. I think that, I think some of this, the, the old saying of. The ninety nine, you, you get like ninety nine good reviews, and then you get one bad review. And what's the one you remember? It's, yeah. the, it's the bad one. <laughs> it's always the bad one that you remember. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, and it is. It's an act of courage to put your art out into the world. I think we kind of under we underplay that now. I think because so many people do it because you can put your music on Spotify. You can put your podcast. I can you can put a podcast on iTunes. You can host a blog, you know, it's, and you can do it for almost nothing. And it's, uh, it's easy to, for us to put stuff out there in terms of accessibility, but yeah. it doesn't make it easier, any easier for us to do it emotionally, you know. No. And I think it's, with so much stuff happening on the internet now as well, in terms of people leaving reviews, it says, anonymity to it you're you don't see the author you don't you're not telling them your review you're just leaving it on a website you're leaving it on amazon or goodreads or things like that so you're not you're not you're sort of not sorry you're putting up that barrier and i think we're a little bit more harsh or we don't really think so much about uh, the reviews we leave if we don't see the person we're leaving the review for if that makes sense so we sort of disconnect from the artist from the author um and so our review can come across quite harsh when we're not really criticising the, the author or anything. It's just that's what happens when you leave reviews online. You don't really think about the person who's going to be reading it and taking it to heart. It's all too easy to be anonymous and faceless. So. Yeah, that's right. It's easy to forget that that people are they're human. Yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. in the age of social media, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and everyone's got a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> it's not it's not easy, is it? Uh, <laughs> but but you yeah, know, but you but the creative process is is just joy. Like I I love writing. You know, um, I love doing podcasts like this. I you know it's it's yeah, it's yeah. really strange, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, no wonder if one thinks writers are a little bit odd. <laughs> it's almost like we caught pain or caught tragedy or something. It's the way we yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. I think writers especially, but I think artists often, like, especially people who use words, whether it's songwriters or poets mm. or, you know, authors, I think there's some, they have, in a sense, they have to, we have to be more in tune with 
our dark side in a sense because yeah. because when you spend time putting words on a page you're connecting with something inside of yourself so you're going to be getting in touch with that side of you and it's um it takes a lot yeah i always yeah it takes so much courage to do that um yeah and then when you hear songs like which are really which you can tell are really personal like and you know someone's story i always find it fascinating when you know the story behind a song or an album because then you can feel the emotion in in the songs like and really connect with them on a really deep level and feel like what they must have felt to write those those songs. I mean, it's, and it's the same with books and everything else. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. So, so you're writing. You're currently writing a uh, a book. You said I. I think I saw saw the day we were recording. I saw you got up to nearly forty thousand words already, which is really impressive. <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> Um, how long have you been writing it? Oh, um, I think about two months now. Wow. Um, I started it when I started querying my other one, and I think it's been about two months. Yeah. How long does it normally take for you to write a, a novel? <laughs> well, my last one took about five years, <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping this one won't take quite as long. <laughs> um, I, it, it's really been a strange process writing this one because since it's been so long since I started my previous one I sort of forgotten what it was like to start something new because it's the one I've been working on and editing over those years so I'm back at that point where I'm figuring out what it's like to start something new and like um, sort of re-understanding how ideas come to me and things like this like the idea of not really doing an outline and just letting the ideas come as I write and it's it's a strange process not having felt that for about five years since working on edits to doing something new and it's really enjoyable I forgot how much I love that that new stage that the honeymoon period you have with a new piece of work um, I am loving it it's so much fun really really is and how long yeah it is I, yeah. writing yeah yeah I've been yeah I mean remember I've, I've, I haven't I haven't written a book for wow seven years six six seven years uh, and there's reasons for that <laughs> lots of reasons for that which I won't go into but um, but yeah I, it was really strange um, and even though what I was writing about is difficult I still loved being doing it again yeah. um, and feeling like where this is going and knowing where it's going because I've already planned out the whole book and every chapter and stuff so I know where it's going and it's kind of I'm like, and I'm feeling like you start feeling momentum, like you know what I mean? Yeah, except I, I don't plan at all. <laughs> <laughs> so it's sort of just like I have no idea. Well, I have a rough idea of where it's going. I, I know sort of the main beat of the story that I, I'm going to cross up, but hmm. I don't quite know how I'm going to get there. Um, and so, I, like the other day, I got thirty thousand words in, and I had this big revelation. Like this is how I get to the end. This is this is what's supposed to happen now. And I'm already like a good third of the way through the story at that point, if you're writing it. Um, it's kind of a fun process. Just sort of like stumbling in the dark a little bit and figuring things out as you go. Almost like when you read a book and you learn the story as you turn a page. It's kind of like doing that with writing. I don't know quite where it's going, but I figure it out at the same time the characters do. So. That sounds quite exciting, actually. Yeah. <laughs> because you're it just... Is, it takes a long... I think it probably takes longer to write a book that way. 
Um, but it works for me. I think it's the only way I can write, really. I don't think it would work. I've never really been much of an organiser or a plotter. I never really did revision plans at school and things like that. I was always just sort of a take it as it comes. Hmm. Kind of yeah. And how long, how long are novels normally? I've never written one. And I don't really read novels too much, but like on average. My, the one I'm querying is, I think, about 83,000 words. The one I'm writing at the moment, so that one is a young adult novel, so it's, it's probably about the right word count for that. This one is an adult novel, adult fantasy, so it's probably going to come a little bit longer than that. Although I'm a, I'm a chronic underwriter, I've, my first drafts are always much shorter than they need to be. So I imagine this one's going to come up short, and then when I do my first round of edits, that's when I really start putting meat on the bones and fleshing out the plot lines and adding subplots here and there, that kind of thing. Mm. And what's it like editing your own work? I mean, I, I couldn't do it. I definitely couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tricky. I, I really ought to try and figure out a, a, a clear process of doing it so that I can help other authors do it as well. There are sort of steps I go through. What I tend to do is, as I'm writing it, I have a separate document for my notes and things I want to add. Um, I tend to edit as I go, which is, again, not really the best kind of process because it slows things down, but can't do it any other way. Um, so I just make a note in separate document about things I want to go in and change and as I go through but like I said with my last one I went through about 17 different versions so I don't want to be making those same mistakes with this novel so I'm hoping I can be a little bit more streamlined this time around and be more efficient in my editing yeah yeah wow hmm. <laughs> yeah I definitely couldn't edit edit my own work wow <laughs> so it's been really great having you on um, and talking about all this stuff with you and uh, I mean uh, what just to kind of close what is the biggest lesson you've learned about the creative process writing um, any kind of creativity that you would want to pass on to other people I think what I would say is that it's such an incredibly unique process for every person, everybody who's been doing anything creative. And there's so much um, there's so much advice and so many tips and so many ways of doing things, so many ways of getting a novel out you can outline or you can um, pants it. There's so many different ways of going about it. Mm. And it can be really easy to get lost in that and to think, oh, this author does it this way or this author does it this way. Am I doing it wrong? And I think one of the most important things to remember is just that it's your process and this is your story and you just tell it however it comes out for you. Whatever process works is the right process. You don't have to follow anybody else's rules. You don't have to follow every piece of advice. Just get the story out, whatever way works for you. Mm. Probably my biggest takeaway. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's great advice. That's great advice because, yeah, we, we all have our own stories and we need to we need to tell them in the way that we want to tell them. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, wow, well, thank you for coming on. Thank you for um, having me. Um, and where can people connect with you um, online? Uh, mostly I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm not sure of my handle now. I think it's at JessLord247. Um, that's where I spend most of my time, so that would be the best place. Great. Well, thanks for thanks for coming on. Thank you, Harry. And thanks everyone for listening. I hope this was uh, really encouraging for you. <laughs>